This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We still have inflation problems. And I think this idea that the Fed is going to be slashing its Fed funds target rate multiple times this year may prove to be a bad bet by the bond market. But let's bring in John Carney, Breitbart economics editor and uh, co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest, which is a must-read. John, welcome. You know, I'm looking at some of the stuff you've got First of all, my pal Rick Santelli, who's a wonderful guy, it takes a dollar nineteen in twenty twenty three dollars to buy what a dollar bought pre COVID. That's an interesting point. Nineteen cents. Inflation is important because it, it 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 reminds us to look at inflation not just as what happened last year, but what's happened to us over quite a few years because that's how it impacts households and families. No, that's right. That's exact. Is it right? You know. It's funny. We always think of it in terms of um, uh, under Biden. So you could base it January. So the CPI is up about 17 percent since January of 2021. Maybe we should be basing it from the end of 2019. I think that's probably correct. Um, I'm Personally, I think CNBC didn't let him do it just by but just Biden's term, and that's why he did it twenty nineteen. Uh, but there is, <laughs> you know, they said no, it's too political. Yeah. But twenty nineteen for a lot of people was the last normal year, so I do think that makes sense. By the way, there was no inflation in twenty twenty, so mm. you know it probably doesn't make much of a difference at all whether you start your counting in twenty twenty one or started in twenty nineteen. Um, the the but yeah, that, that was the last year people experienced things as normal. And I think that that is when they think about normal prices, they probably have the mindset mm. of 2019 and big deviations from that is what bothers them. So, you much. know, don't forget my pal Santelli, who's really a lovely man. He was uh, one of the founders of the Tea Party. Remember? Absolutely. I, I, I watched it live yeah. the morning that he announced, yeah. we are starting, we are having a tea party. Yeah. It was pretty exciting, and yeah, he got it going. I remember that night, I I, I had him on my show, my old CNBC show, uh, just to clarify what he was doing. But it took, now your other pieces here, inflation has been stuck in high gear uh, for six months. Now you wrote an interesting piece on the producer price index, maybe a little technical for us here on the radio. That was a good piece, It's a treatise on the producer price index. Yeah. If anybody ever wants to know what is this thing and why isn't it the CPI, if mm. you read the New York Times or, or frankly, any other financial press, you will not find out what it is because none of them know, apparently. Right. I, you know, I read through all the reports. They all got it wrong. I explained what the difference is, and it is too technical to go in here now. But again, if anybody you know really wants to know what PPI is, they can read last night's Breitbart. Yeah, no, it's very good. Intermediate Demand Index, 
pretty close to what final demand could be. But you're right. You know, you could just look at commodity prices. But anyway, the the bone crusher was, uh, when did it come out? Thursday. The CPI was higher than people thought. And I guess your point is, after coming down for many, many months, now it's leveling off, and it's leveling off uh, at close to 4% on core, which is twice the Fed's 2% target. So That's right. There, there, it's the, the idea that we were on a glide path to 2% really seems to, you know, that's still the market's mindset. It still sees five rate cuts next year, which you have to think means that inflation would keep coming down. But we really haven't been, there hasn't been much disinflation happening since last June or July. Mm. Uh, we're sort of stuck in a holding pattern. And by the way, some people like Mohammed El Arian, he says, well, the Fed should just target 3% instead, mm. and everything would be a lot easier. You know, which, of course, it's easier, you know, if my, if my wife tells me, hey, you know, I need you to, you know, you got to get out there and mow the lawn. And I say, well, you know what, I'm just, and I do half of it. And I say, well, that's my target. I was only going to mow half of it. Then the job's done already, right? Like, yeah, it would make things easier, but it would be a disaster. Mm. This is the first time the Federal Reserve's 2% target has really ever been challenged, where they, you know, where they went above it and they're trying to bring it back down. To give up on the target now would actually destroy their credibility because how would the 3% target have any credibility if, they, if we know that they caved the first time they had trouble getting it back to 2%? Well, so you're at 3.4% 12-month change, and core is 39 and then, you know, John, going down um, services, which includes um, labor costs more than most of the other categories. So services up 5% last 12 months. Services X energy up 5.3. I mean, I'd keep an eye on that if I were the Fed because, um, you know, that's a big part of the economy. And... Nobody else wants to look at it, but they're supposed to look at it. Not look at all the woke DEI classifications. We did a whole segment on that on the TV show, which is the worst thing I've ever seen. But this, inflation, embedded inflation. Yeah, and so one of the problems right now, and this is why I think that inflation is not going lower and it's probably going to go higher. You know, I'm forget maybe January will go a little lower. January is a funky month. Um, but you know, over the next six to eight months, it's not going lower. It's probably going higher. Uh, one, we're not going to get any more goods disinflation. We got some of that from the clearing up of supply chains, the repairing of the way things are made, nearshoring items that were made in China. That's not going to – that's over. That progress, you know, that probably took us from 9 down to 5% inflation. Mm. The goods, the goods part isn't going, isn't going any lower. The services part does not seem to be. That was where they needed the disinflation to come from next. If you look at either the CPI or the PPI, there's no sign that services inflation is coming down. And why should it? We have 3.7% unemployment. If you look at jobless claims, they're at around 200,000. There, that's not coming down. The pressure is not coming down. So we are going to see... Uh, sustained higher inflation because there's no more goods disinflation and we and we haven't been able to achieve a softening of the labor market. So 
you know, from all this, I think um, the bond market bet, uh, the futures market that you're going to have, I don't know, five rate cuts or maybe more. I don't know what the latest is. Uh, the Federal Reserve itself, with their um, with their economic the Fed has projections, three penciled in now. Right. The market has five. What the heck? Think, How can you do that with these kinds of numbers? I think both of those are wrong. I think right unless we get something super unexpected week happening, I can't see them really cutting in March, even though the market thinks there's a sixty to seventy percent chance of that happening. I think they're going to aim for a May cut. The May cut could get derailed if inflation starts to pick back up, which I think it will. But so they they try to cut in May. Maybe they cut in March, but I don't think that the five cuts the market has in is realistic. And I think they may even have trouble getting three cuts in. I think it may be a one and done. Mm. They cut rates, see what's going on in inflation, see that it's picking back up and say, okay, we can't do that again. They they are at risk of repeating the mistakes of the 1970s, where the Fed kept thinking that they defeated inflation, cutting rates, and then having to raise them even higher than they had gone before because inflation took off again. And John, I think, you know, if the Fed starts cutting rates before they hit their 2% target, the risk of politicizing the Fed, uh, they're going to get called out on it by Republicans all over the country, and including myself. Now, I, I, I have a counter view here. I think Jay Powell um, is going to be stronger than some others think. I, I, don't, I don't think he want. first of all, I don't think he wants to be renominated for a third term. Um, and I think he understands the politics very, very well. And he knows that if he starts cutting rates, and the actual inflation is still above target, you know, he'll be accused of juicing the economy to reelect Joe Biden. I don't think Jay Powell wants that. He doesn't want it, and there's no reason for it. There's not a, there, we're, we haven't, the unemployment's at 3.7%. There's no compelling reason right. to cut. Mm-hmm. So why take the risk of having this immense, possibly institutionally threatening backlash mm-hmm. that will come? Remember that the Fed's dual mandate is set by legislation. Congress put that in place in the 1970s. It can be changed. Congress can control the Fed without interfering with its independence. I'm not saying Congress should set monetary policy, but they could tell the Fed, for instance, you know what, you have to target 2% and you cannot cut rates when you're above 3%, right? They could just pass a law or they could take away the employment mandate altogether and say, your only job, the ECB has one mandate, your only job is price stability. And I don't think the Fed wants Congress to start passing laws that restrict the Fed's actions. And that's really what they're You're risking right. if, they, if they get political. That's what will happen. When they don't need to. You'll get guys like French Hill on the Banking Committee, Financial Services Committee. They'll jump all over it. So I agree with you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. So, folks, John Carney, uh, Breitbart Economics Editor and uh, Breitbart Business Digest every day. Uh, You've got to follow this thing. It's the best uh, product of its kind. John, thank you ever so much. Folks, we'll take a quick break. And then the great Roger Stone, political analyst supreme. All right. He's going to come in and give us some of his wisdom on Iowa, New Hampshire, and the entire race. I'm Kudlow. Roger Stone up next. Larry Kudlow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 